Good morning, church. Good to be with you again today. My, I've really enjoyed this week. It's been a real joy to be with you and to uh, uh, see this city recovering and to see this church recovering. And, you know, I came down here to try to encourage you, but as usual, you have encouraged me, and I appreciate um, so many uh, people in this uh, congregation and appreciate what you have done uh, in enduring uh, these um, difficult year and uh, look forward to hope this year is better. I know you've got me down. You get to see my picture every Sunday. Aren't you lucky? Uh, and I hope it'll stay up there because you're still supporting me in a way when you, uh, as this church supports the Magnolia Messenger, and I've enjoyed uh, being a part of that publication now for a little over uh, a year. There we go. I want to talk about uh, the uh, greatness of tomorrow. What's the big deal about tomorrow? Um, I thought today was the day, you know, that we're supposed to really be into is today. Remember Solomon said, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for you do not know what a day shall bring forth. Proverbs 27.1 And it was Jesus that said, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have enough worry to take care of itself. Every day has its own trouble. That's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 34. So uh, uh, what is uh, the greatness of tomorrow? What's the big deal about tomorrow? I thought today was the day we're supposed to really be doing something. Well, here's the deal. What about the greatness of tomorrow? Well, I'll tell you. The importance of today does not diminish the greatness of tomorrow. And I want us to think a little bit about why tomorrow is so important and how we should give our thinking toward tomorrow. Tomorrow gives us the hope of better things. Tomorrow gives us the hope of better things. And I know that uh, after these um, hurricanes uh, passed through here, uh, the, the hope that, we, uh, that you had was uh, that things would get better. That was the hope of tomorrow, that things would eventually get better. Just take a look at old Lazarus. Here Lazarus was in the tomb. He had uh, gotten uh, sick and had died. Uh, uh, Mary and Martha had uh, sent uh, messages to Jesus. Here they were in, in their home with all their friends mourning and grieving uh, over the death of Lazarus. Uh, what was the hope of Lazarus? The hope of Lazarus was that tomorrow the Lord would come. Tomorrow. Peter, his last day was not a very good day hit with the Lord. Remember in the upper room, Jesus came to, to wash the disciples' feet and Peter pulled back his feet and said, uh, what are you doing, Lord? You, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus rebuked him and said, if I don't wash you, you have none of me. As they were leaving the upper room, Jesus had talked about those who would deny him and Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny you. And again, Jesus rebuked him and said, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when the mob came, uh, Peter came and he, he threw, drew his sword and, and um, cut off the ear of Malchus, the servant of the high priest. Again, Jesus rebuked him and said, put away your sword. And then in the courtyard of the high priest there, Peter denies his Lord three times. And as Jesus was led out toward Pilate, their eyes meet as the rooster crows. And Peter goes out into the night, bitterly weeping 
wasn't having a very good today. His hope of redemption lay in tomorrow, that tomorrow would be better. Look at old Saul of Tarsus. Here he was uh, convinced that he was on a worthy mission to persecute these uh, followers of Christ until he meets the very man that he thought was dead, until he meets him in the road. And he goes then into Damascus, and there he's found in the house on the street called Straight, and he is a blind, uh, he is in deep sorrow, he won't eat or drink, uh, he is in a, a terrible way. Everything about his life has been shattered, everything that he thought was true has proved to be false. The hope of tomorrow lay in God sending the preacher to him and laying hands on him. And so it is that uh, there is great hope that we have of tomorrow, that tomorrow will give us the hope of better things. The, um, you remember little Orphan Annie's song? The sun will come out tomorrow. Remember that song? Here's one of the verses. When I'm stuck in a day that's gray and lonely, I just stick out my chin and grin and say, the sun will come out tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, it's only a day away. Forgive my rendition, young folks. It's only a day away. That's the beauty of tomorrow. You know, I know how hard it is on our, our kids to try to wait for Christmas to come around, doesn't it? It just comes around once a year. And, and all those, those last few weeks waiting for, for Christmas to get there, it's just like an eternity to, to our kids. Our birthday, it only comes around once a year. We're kind of glad about that. But, but tomorrow comes around every day. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's only a day away. And so you do not have to wait for what tomorrow may bring. It's only that day away. And we can rejoice and look forward to that event. Secondly, the greatness of tomorrow is that I can be better than I am today. I can be better than I am today. We can learn from our experiences today and we can work on that experience and tomorrow we can do better. Tomorrow we can be better. We can learn from those experiences and be more effective and more useful to the Lord. We can do that. It is possible tomorrow. Tomorrow. I want to read here from, it's from Philippians chapter 3 beginning at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained or have already become perfect or mature, but I press on so that I may lay hold on that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead tomorrow, kind of threw in the tomorrow. Looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so it is that we can look forward to tomorrow. We can, we can look ahead. And as Christians, we, we are never taught to look back, but we're always taught to look forward 
to things uh, getting better and that I can be better tomorrow than I am today. It's very possible that I can improve upon who I am today. I can be a better Christian tomorrow than I am today. I can get better at serving the Lord tomorrow than what I am doing today. I uh, have a quote here. Most of you know I love to play golf. This is a, a you all know who Tiger Woods is. Golf Digest did a little article about Tiger back in 2008. Now this was before he uh, had his fall from grace, before he ran into that um, fire hydrant in his front yard. This was right before that. And this is a quote here from uh, Tiger in this article. He says, I view my life in a way, um, let me explain it to you, he told his small audience in Florida. The greatest thing about tomorrow is I will be better than I am today. And that's how I look at my life. I'll be better as a golfer. I'll be better as a person. I'll be better as a father. I'll be better as a husband. I'll be better as a friend. That's the beauty of tomorrow. There's no such thing as a setback. The lessons I learned today, I will apply tomorrow and I will be better. I like that quote. The lessons we learn today, we can apply them tomorrow and we can get better. That's the joy that, um, uh, that keeps bringing us golfers, you know, back every, every day to play. Because we really do believe that tomorrow will be a little better. That tomorrow will be that magic day when every putt falls in. That tomorrow uh, it's going to be better. And so we look forward to getting better every day to improve that game. We look forward to tomorrow. And so it is that you can be better tomorrow than you are today. Look at your Christian life and where you are. Look at the things that you're trying to do in your life and realize that tomorrow you can be better than you are today. Most of you know I, I, um, didn't, I had a gap in my life where I did not preach. I went about nine years without preaching and then I went back to preaching on Sundays. I did that for quite a long time, for many years. Instead of going to the church office, I went like many of you did and punched a clock. I was fortunate enough to go to work for a, a very nice, um, large uh, photography studio owned by one of our elders. And for about 11 or 12 years, I served as the head photographer of that studio. I remember sitting in um, Jay's office, our, our boss, the man that owned the studio, at the end of the fiscal year. And he's sitting there and he said, Dennis, we've had a really good year this year. You and the photographers have done well. Uh, I have done very well. And uh, if I could just repeat that every year, I would be very happy with, with just living with, with how this year went. But he said, you can't do it, though, in business. In business, you're either getting better or you're falling behind. He said, the hardest thing to maintain is the status quo. The hardest thing, the hardest thing for you to do is to be the exact same Christian today, tomorrow. The hardest thing for you to do is just to stay right where you are in your Christian life and just maintain that day after day, year after year. You can't do it. You're either going to get better or you're going to slide back. 
Remember Jesus said about uh, those Christians in Laodicea, I wish that you were hot or cold, but you are lukewarm, so I will spew you out of my mouth. Being lukewarm, that's trying to maintain the status quo. You're not, uh, getting, you're not getting warmer. You're not getting hotter. And if you're not, you're, you're just getting lukewarm, staying lukewarm. Best hope that you have in this life is that you're going to be better tomorrow than you are today. That God's going to open doors of opportunity for you tomorrow. And you've got to be ready to walk into those doors of opportunity. So where are you today in your Christian life? Wherever it is, you've got to improve upon that. You've got to uh, decide that I'm going to study a little bit more my Bible. I'm going to improve my prayer life and get it to be a, a little uh, more important uh, to me. I'm going to improve uh, uh, the uh, fellowship that I have with my Christians and try to be with them more often. There's so many ways that we can improve as Christians. We're never there. And we can always get better and plan to be better tomorrow than we are today. You know, this is the time of the year which we make these New Year's resolutions. Well, here's the best one. I'm going to be a better Christian tomorrow than I am today. That's a pretty good one. And so, remember that the greatest thing about tomorrow is that you can be better tomorrow than you are today. And then finally, get my clicker here we can prepare for tomorrow it's a great thing about tomorrow is that you can prepare for it today is things are just going to happen today's already underway it's going and what's going to happen is going to happen but you can decide what's going to happen tomorrow you can plan for tomorrow that reading that I gave you in uh, that uh, Bud read and did a very good job reading that Bud I went back a while back and I was reading uh, that story of uh, Moses and Pharaoh and the ten plagues. And I noticed something I hadn't ever really noticed before. Isn't that amazing that you can study the Bible for 60 years as I have very intently and still find something new every single time you open the pages? I was looking there and I noticed something about this. On every single plague that, um, that Moses went to Pharaoh and told him about, he always ended it in almost the exact same way by saying to him, the Lord said a definite time, tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. He gave Pharaoh some time to think about it, to change his mind, to get ready to let God's people go. Tomorrow, he says, I will do this. You know, so we have the opportunity to to think about tomorrow, to think about what we're going to do, to think about what God is going to do in our lives, to think about the things that are going to, going to happen in our lives. We have that tomorrow to do that. One of my favorite readings is found in uh, James chapter 4. I think I've got that up there. Yeah. James says, Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. For you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is but a, a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For in that you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, I will live and do this or that. 
Now, James here is not diminishing the importance of making plans for tomorrow. What James is saying is that when you make those plans for tomorrow, you better include God in them. You better make sure that God's will is involved in it. What is God's will for me? When I go into such and such a city and I plan to make gain, what am I doing according to God's will to make sure that I'm including God's will in that? Because uh, we, the, the greatness of tomorrow is that, that God is going to do something great for us tomorrow and to believe that. And so we need to put our plans in that. The last uh, five or six years, uh, my family and I have been doing the big family thing, you know, where you all go down to the coast and spend a week in a, uh, uh, on, the, uh, on the coast enjoying time together. And we love that time together. I have all my kids, grandkids, great. But when I'm making those plans, one of the things that I do, I always begin to look, see where we are and to find a church to see where it is because on the Lord's Day when we're down there, I want us to go and worship God. If it is the Lord's will, we'll do this or that. But let's put God in, in, the, um, in, in the schedule. Let's put God in the plans. Let us make sure that we include Him. Uh, make sure that when uh, we're doing whatever we're doing, that we're making plans to put God in those plans and to do His, do His will for us. Because you never know, you never know what is going to happen and what God's has planned for you tomorrow. My friend, you do not know what God will have waiting for you tomorrow. And you've got a plan today to be ready for His will for you. There's um, old Noah. He's building that ark. He's working on that ark every day for a hundred years. He and his boys are working on that ark just to doing the, the same thing every day. But one night he lays down his hammer and he goes tonight and he didn't know that tomorrow the rain would come. Never know about tomorrow. The young boy David, he brings his father's sheep up and gets them up in the pen and he goes into his father's house and he lays down on his bed that night with his sling by his side and he doesn't know that tomorrow he will face a giant. Moses tending his father's sheep. Every day for 40 years he's doing the same thing, tending his father-in-law's sheep. And so he's out in the wilderness and he beds down that night. He looks up to the starry sky. and He doesn't know that tomorrow he will see a burning bush that is not consumed. My friend, you do not know what God has waiting for you tomorrow. Are you going to be ready for it? Are you going to be prepared for it? Is your faith going to hold up to it? Because what God has planned for you tomorrow, it's going to be uh, greater than what He has used you today. It may not be what you want to do. Uh, Moses didn't want to go back to Egypt either. It may be something that you didn't really want to do, but that's the door that God opened for you. And you must be ready then to serve Him and to do His will tomorrow and to serve Him in that way. And so the greatest hope of tomorrow, then, I will leave you with this. The greatest hope is that we can depart and be with Jesus. You know what my hope is about tomorrow? My first and foremost hope about tomorrow always is, 
that tomorrow will be the day the Lord comes. I agree with John in that last uh, prayer of the scriptures in Revelation when he prays, even so come Lord Jesus. I hope that that is your prayer. I hope that is your hope. I'm ready for the Lord to come. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for him to come and put an end to all of this. I'm ready for him to come before uh, Satan in this world gets any more of a hold on my children and grandchildren. I'm ready for him to come before this nation drifts further and further away from him. I'm ready for the Lord to come back. I hope you are too. That's the, that's the, great, the great hope that I have about tomorrow is that the Lord will come tomorrow. I hope you're ready for that. If you're not ready for that day, you have a chance. You see, you can prepare for tomorrow. Maybe you think, I'm not, Lord, I'm not quite ready for you to come today, but you can get prepared. If he's going to come tomorrow, you can get prepared now. That's why we have an invitation song. That's why the Lord invites you to come. That's why you have the opportunity now, today. Because as James says, what is your life? It's but a vapor that appears for a little time. So you've got to take advantage of the opportunities that he's given you. And he's given you the opportunity today to get ready for his coming tomorrow. If you need to do that in some way, won't you come now while together we stand, while we sing.